Welcome into another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host every week for the WSN podcast. Busy time of the year for us here at Wisports.net as we gear up for the girls' basketball state tournament this weekend, the boys' basketball state tournament next weekend. We'll leave it at that. We won't get into the conditionals and the ifs or the uh, hows or the whys or the maybes, but uh, we'll move forward as if everything is going as planned and be optimistic. We do know that the girls' tournament is this weekend, though. And with that, uh, we will break it all down, and we'll bring in Norbert Durst, our content manager and girls' basketball expert at Wisports.net. Uh, Norb, are you uh, all packed up, ready to go, uh, ready to head out to Green Bay? Not packed up, but uh, just about completed with a lot of the content, so I'll get that packing up done uh, tonight or maybe in the morning, on uh, Thursday morning. All right. Well, we're uh, we're excited to be there. Norb will be there all weekend. I'll be there all weekend providing updates um, as we have every year. Uh, there's a million places you can follow the action. You can watch it on TV. You can stream it on your phone. You can listen on the radio. You can follow the live stats. Um, so we're not going to do a, a play-by-play, blow-by-blow, per se, as you follow us on social media. Um, but we will provide some uh, certainly some commentary, some analysis, some of the other things going on around the facility, um, you know, all of our uh, all of our well-known uh, uh, antics in the past. How many times uh, Sweet Caroline gets played? Although Norb, did you notice on the WIAA um, playlist that they shared, Sweet Caroline's not on there this year? Could that be? That's that can't be true. And I didn't look at it, but um, I just assume that it's every other four um, jump around as well, or is that not on there either? You know, I didn't see for sure. I I don't recall seeing it. There was 50 songs. I think that they posted on their pregame playlist. Uh, I know sweet Caroline wasn't on there. I don't remember seeing jump around. It could have been, um, but I'll be a little disappointed if they're not going to be, uh, if we're not going to be bop, bop, buying 15 times this weekend. It would be a little different. (laughs) We'll have to, we'll have to rely on the bands for that. There you go. Uh, but yeah, so we'll we'll uh, kind of provide some other candor and color on what's going on at the Girls State Championships. But for today, we are going to get into actually breaking down uh, what's going to happen or what we think will happen at the, the state tournament. Um, before we do that, though, Norb, let's go back and, and look at and talk about sectionals. And, uh, you know, not necessarily every division or we won't go through every division, but what are some of the things that stood out? from sectionals, any, uh, whether it's upsets, whether it's, uh, big games, big performances, uh, you know, big finishes. Um, what were some of those things that stood out from Thursday and Friday last week of sectional play? You know, uh, definitely when you're talking sectional finals, uh, got to talk about that Middleton Madison Memorial game. I was, uh, at that contest and Madison Memorial was rolling in that one, uh, 37, 24, they let at the break and, and then everything changed in the second half for Middleton and the same for Memorial. Um, I believe uh, Memorial only scored three points in the, the first eight minutes of that second half. And, you know, really just saw the changeover in, you know, partially players that have been in those bigger, bigger um, games that Middleton has, you know, being in the um, state runner up last season. And then, you know, coaching Jeff kind, uh, a WBCA hall of famer, um, you know, really got those kids ready to play. And, you know, 
they got that big win. And interesting in that game, I don't know if you saw it, but a fan from, um, I believe it was Madison Memorial, um, threw a hat on the court during live play. And I uh, believe it was a four-point game at that time, um, you know, under two minutes to play. And there could have been, yeah, you never want to give a um, an easy layup, but uh, um, it could have been two points right there. But, you know, that's, that's the life of it. The fan was removed from the game. Um, but, you know, you don't want to see those things happen during high school events um, because, you know, the clock was stopped, but, you know, the officials can go back and, and make that fix. And unfortunately a fan decided it was their, their, uh, their decision to throw a hat on the court during play, which, you know, you just never want to see, but overall Bayport, another one that, you know, they're the defending state champions and they, you know, some of their, uh, in a sectional semifinal, they just got past Stevens point in overtime, but then they, they rolled past Kimberly in a, uh, sectional final. Um, Bayport's definitely ready to go to try to um, defend that that state title, um, and also with uh, with Wrightstown, um, they did get through their sectional, but unfortunately on uh, Monday night their star uh, point guard Bridget Frolke uh, tore her ACL in uh, um, just during practice, which you know very unfortunate event there. Um, so they're going to be playing without their star player. And Pewaukee, they got through a very strong sectional. Uh, they had to beat New Berlin Eisenhower, who they lost to, lost against twice in the regular season, and then had to um, beat Pius, who uh, was ranked number three in the state in a sectional final. And they actually blew by Pius uh, in that contest. It was close early on, and then they just rolled through. Um, a couple other notable ones, you know, Beaver Dam's back. Um, you know, got past a, a strong Pulaski team that that defeated uh, Notre Dame in a sectional semifinal. But uh, you know, overall, a lot of those um, top seeds did go through, as we talked about in previous podcasts. And you know, one other to note is uh, Platteville knocking off uh, two-time defending Division Three state champion Marshall in a sectional final. Um, so Platteville, after getting to sectional play the first three years or the last three years finally gets to the state tournament. And, uh, you know, with that Wrightstown injury to Bridget Frolke, uh, you know, that gives them a little bit better chance to hoist that, that gold ball. So Marshall eliminated in sectionals, but we do have four of the five defending champions back this year. And of course, multiple multi-time state champions looking to, uh, to go at it. Blackhawk, um, and Aquinas, they're looking for three in a row, right? And Beaver Dam four in a row. Correct. And Beaver so Dam, if they can get a fourth in a row, that would be the first in girls basketball state history to get four straight. I remember uh, Milwaukee was it Milwaukee Vincent or Milwaukee King won three in a row and then went for a fourth and lost to the other one. I think it was uh, back at the Alliant Energy Center, uh, one of the first years that uh, that I covered the girls state tournament. It was Vincent um, that had three straight. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, anybody left that is a significant surprise? I mean, is there a Cinderella at the state tournament, or is everybody kind of at least was in the conversation or a, a strong contender to get there? You know, Oconomowoc is probably uh, one of those teams that um, you know is a more of a Cinderella. They did finish second in the the Classic Eight. Um, but you know, that sectional, 
um, was strong. And, you know, I think just the depth, as we talked about earlier in the year, the depth of Division One was so strong that, you know, there were teams outside the top 10 um, during the regular season that he said, well, you know, they have a, a shot to get there. And Oconomowoc did get a little bit of help. You know, uh, uh, Drew Henning from Maguanago uh, suffered a uh, torn ACL in the playoffs, which, you know, derailed their hopes there. Uh, Maguanago ended up losing to Kettle Moraine. And then uh, Conwalk beat Kettle, Kettle Moraine in a sectional final. So if you're going to give one, I'd probably give that to a Conwalk. Um, last year, um, had a good season, but then they welcomed back Olivia Sobchak, who has been, uh, you know, outstanding this season for the Raccoons. And, you know, she will look to, you know, try to do what, what Middleton did to um, McGuanagall last season is, you know, the four upsetting the one at the state tournament. So let's talk about seeding. Um I think for the most part, it went kind of as you would anticipate, and it pretty much went by win-loss record uh, for every single division. But were there any surprises? Uh, I, I know one that stands out to me, but any any significant surprises in the seeding uh, for the state tournament? Well, I think Beaver Dam and, and Hortonville, uh, you know, you, you look at what Hortonville has done this year, you know, 25 consecutive wins, but Beaver Dam's won three consecutive state titles, um, and Hortonville did did uh, a struggle a bit against on Alaska in the sectional final. I think you do take that into account. Um, and uh, you know, that, uh, that one in-state loss that, that Beaver Dam did have, which you're going to look at that as well. That was against Aquinas when Aquinas was fully loaded and Aquinas was only lost this season was to Hopkins and they're, uh, they're undefeated uh, in the top division in Minnesota. They're the defending state champion, Minnesota. Uh, so, you know, you, you look at that loss as being, you know, not, not a bad loss at all, but you know, when it came down to it, the coaches, I guess, just went with, um, that win loss record. All right. So let's get to the games themselves. We've got 15 games coming up in the next three days, five divisions, five state champions to be crowned on Saturday. Let's start in division one and let's talk about the matchups in particular, the one versus four finds Middleton versus Oconomowoc. What do you see as some of the keys to that game? Well, for for Middleton, you know, it's it's continuing to do what they've been doing all season long. Really, even in that sectional final against uh, Madison Memorial, um, so Tori Tannen didn't have one of her best games. I mean, you can definitely look at Middleton uh, Memorial's defense as a reason to be with that. And, you know, uh, one of uh, th their other top players, McKenna Minogue, uh, who was on McGuango's team last season. Um, she was held scoreless in that contest, really good three-point shooter. So when you can get through games like that, I think that's, you know, a good sign for Middleton as long as, you know, again, um, those other kids uh, come ready to play um, at the state tournament. But but for Walk, they have to make sure to, to get Olivia Sobchak going because she's the catalyst for that team. And, you know, if Middleton can can somewhat contain her. I think they're going to be in a very good situation. I just think there's a few too many weapons uh, for Middleton uh, uh, for uh, Oconomowoc to defend when you're talking about Middleton. Um, a lot of depth in the scoring. Um, Kendall Roque uh, had a really big uh, sectional final game and, you know, she's just averaging a little over six per game. Um, so players like that, I think just the depth overall is, is where you're going to look at Middleton. And then again, um, Jeff kind, you know, that WBCA hall of fame coach, you know, a lot of trips to state, uh, Middleton has made 12 trips now and, uh, Jeff kind still has not, um, taken home a gold ball. 
And, you know, this could be the year for um, Jeff Kind and the Middleton Cardinals. Has he been the head coach for all of those state appearances? I believe so. Yeah, he's uh, he's due for a uh, he's definitely ball, due. for sure. Um, all right, the two versus three matchup finds defending champion Bayport taking on DSHA Divine Savior Holy Angels, who's back for the first time since Enrique Ogunbowale uh, led them to a state title with 55 points over Middleton. By the way, uh, back in 2015, I believe it was. So, uh, what are we looking for in that one? What's the key in that one? With that one, the team's played already this season, so there's a little bit of familiarity, and it was was after the Emma Nagel injury, and just a couple weeks after, actually. Um, they met on uh, New Year's Eve, and, and uh, Bayport got that, that win, 72-59. But that was a road game for DSHA going, going up to Bayport, again, on New Year's Eve, so that travel does factor in a little bit. But for DSHA, you know, they got to make the three ball. They're not a team that is very um, has a lot of height, but uh, you know, they play fast. They play very good defense as well. And um, you know, that, that scoring depth has been one of those, those big catalysts for them because they, they might not have a, a player that's going to go out there and score 30 in a game, but they have a lot of, of uh, weapons on that team. And Bayport just flat out knows how to win. Um, you know, again, the defending state champion, uh, Mackenzie Johnson, excellent three point shooter, Emma Krieger, who, moved into that starting role after Emma Nagel um, went down with that PCL injury and she's been playing phenomenal for, for the pirates. And then, you know, they got that also um, add in Maddie Drock, who's a really good post player for them. Um, I think just in, in all aspects of the game, um, give them the edge there. But, you know, again, if, uh, if DSHA can get rolling from the outside and, and maybe speed up the game, um, you know, there, there's a good chance that this one could come down to the wire. All right, uh, and, and you had in your picks, by the way, Middleton over Bayport. Did you you had that before the playoffs started too, right? I did not. I I picked a Madison Memorial to get through. That was one okay. of those really tough ones, but I ended up picking now Middleton over Bayport. All right. Well, let's move on to Division Two, where again, uh, probably the only one where you could look at a little bit of a seeding controversy. Um, Hortonville is the one. They take on four seeded Oregon. Beaver Dam is the two. They take on third-seeded Pewaukee. Will that seeding matter, do you think? Or is it Hortonville and uh, Beaver Dam looking for a showdown in the championship game? You know, it should be that, but Pewaukee, you know, they played a very tough schedule. And, again, they went through um, – they probably played, you know, as far as sectional goes, um, the toughest games. So, you know, you look at that and, you know, they're they're poised and, and ready to go against Beaver Dam. But, you know, I think Beaver Dam is still still there. And we're looking to have a a Beaver Dam Hortonville uh, a state final game. But, you know, it's there's been crazier things at the state tournament. But after Hortonville, um, the last three years falling in, in uh, state semifinal, they're definitely looking to get through there and take something home at the very least. All right, so Hortonville and Oregon, any keys to the game for either side there? Well, well for Oregon, if they want to stay in that contest, they got to find a way to slow down Mason McGlone. You know, uh, uh, Oregon isn't a team that has, you know, a true post necessarily. And McGlone, um, it, it could be her game to dominate there. Um, but, you know, the three ball has worked well for Oregon. Uh, but again, a slow start caused them to get way behind 
um, Waukesha West in a sectional final. So that's one thing they can't do. They can't start slow because against a good team, you give them that, that early, uh, those early easy points. And, you know, it's going to be tough to come back against that Hortonville team that can also shoot it very well from the outside, really good mix of guard. And then, you know, having uh, Mason McGlone on the inside. And you went with Beaver Dam over Hortonville. Was that your pre-state tournament pick? That was. All right. Well, let's move on to Division Three, where, again, it's the only division where the defending champion is not alive still and not the favorite even, obviously. Uh, but the top seed is unbeaten Platteville, who, as you said, has kind of got over the hump and uh, got to the state tournament after several close calls. They will take on Arcadia, the champions out of the Cooley Conference. Uh, what are we looking for in that one? Uh, for for uh, Platteville, again, it's, you know, keep doing what they've been doing all year. Um, you know, Sammy Martin's leading them, post player that's going to Bradley. Um, Josie Neese is shooting the ball very well from the outside, also high rate for assists per game. Uh, they play very well, de- very good defense as well. Uh, on the other side for Arcadia, you know, they got to find a way to slow down um, that, uh, that inside play of Sammy Martin, but you know, that's, that's, uh, can leave that three ball open as, you know, as mentioned, Plyville can shoot it pretty well from the outside as well. So, uh, it, it's going to be a tough matchup for Arcadia just because of, of how well Platteville has been playing and, you know, their inside outside ability to score. Moving on to the two versus three matchup. It will be Wrightstown against Lake Mills and, with a big story in girls' hoops uh, coming into the state tournament. Unfortunately, Bridget Froki uh, from Wrightstown, who is a Division One commit, tore her ACL in practice earlier in the week, and her 20 points per game and uh, hot shooting, I, I think she might have led the state and made three-pointers. Not there for the Tigers, who will now uh, lean more heavily even on uh, Ella Denny, uh, averages 23 points a game. Do they have enough without Froki? to uh, keep the run going and get past Lake Mills? You know, I, uh, I think they can, um, they have a, you know, they're a team that can score the ball very well in Island. Obviously a lot of that was to do with Bridget Froelke, you know, uh, you know, again, just, just under 20 points per game, 110 three pointers. She did lead the state. Um, also high rate with, with assists, seven, seven point two assists per game. But, you know, they have players like Leah Lemke, a sophomore that, is going to step up into a larger, larger scoring role for them. And she's, you know, when you're on a, a team that has um, Ella Denny and Bridget Froelke, you're not going to have to score as much, but now she's going to have to take a, a, a bigger step forward as far as scoring goes. And, and a senior, Megan Rhea, um, not a big time scorer, but she's going to have to uh, pump up those points per game a little bit as well. So I just think overall, and you know, that energy that they're going to bring to the state tournament, um, gives them a, maybe a, just a slight edge over Lake Mills, just because, you know, all those, um, the teams that they played in the regular season, the teams that had to get through in the postseason, including freedom who they lost to once in the regular season. I just think that, that, uh, that strong play that they've shown throughout the year is going to still carry in to at least get through that, se- uh, that state semifinal. And you picked Platteville over Wrightstown. That was, uh, your pick, uh, after the Froelke injury though, too, right? Correct. Correct. I would have uh, taken Wrightstown over Platteville. That's what my original pick was, but uh, flipping because of that injury. All right. Uh, and by the way, I want to uh, just talk real briefly, I guess, on what maybe we can expect uh, in terms of attendance this weekend. Um, if you look at the teams that made it, 
it looks like it should be a very good mix of teams to have a uh, pretty good turnout normally. Um, you've got some local teams like Bayport and Hortonville, uh, Beaver Dam even, um, Wrightstown, some teams that uh, you know are there for the first time in a while, like a Lake Mills and Arcadia and a Platteville that you know should travel well, you would think, as they have some pretty good support in those communities. Blackhawk always does very well. Uh, Bangor travels well. Clear Lake's there for the first time in a while. Um, you know, it, it would seem like you would have the right mix. Now, that comes with the uh, you know the caveat that you don't quite know how much the uh, you know the fear over uh, the uh, coronavirus uh, will impact things. But just on the teams themselves, you would think it it should set up for having some pretty good attendance, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's shaping up that way, as you mentioned, a lot of those area schools and then, you know, teams that either have never been there before or it's been a long time. So usually those teams will come out a little bit more. Um, so really looking forward to some some uh, really good uh, good attendance for those games. And, you know, that's it's good for the sport, a lot of great talent. So hopefully um, that coronavirus doesn't scare people away. Here's two things I'm looking for. Number one, the incredible Aquinas Band. Uh, I don't think uh, unless they bring him back out of retirement, Kitar guy will be there, unfortunately. But uh, they always have a great band. And then, is anybody going to have a drum line? Uh, no, no uh, MPS teams there, so they oftentimes have one. But I don't know if anybody else does. But that's always uh, one of the highlights for me in terms of halftime entertainment. But uh, let's let's move on to Division Four, where Aquinas obviously is a heavy, heavy favorite to repeat once again as they're going for a third straight gold ball. And, you know, if they wouldn't have uh, kind of had some struggles at the end of that Howard's Grove game back in 2017, they're probably playing for a fourth straight uh, uh, title as well. Now, they are also playing without one of their key players. Courtney Becker went out with an injury late in the season, but it really has not slowed them down much. Uh, They will take on Crandon. And any, any, not chance, but any uh, particular way that Crandon stays in that game and you know makes a game of it or has a chance at the end. Any anything that that they have to do or could do to uh, to, to make that a, a close game in that um, state semifinal. Well, they definitely can't play at the pace that Aquinas wants to play. That is for sure. I would I would say Crandon needs to slow the game down, play more methodically in offense. But you know, easier said than done. Um, especially when you have open looks and Aquinas, you know, that first open look, they get a lot of times they're shooting it. So just that, that, that tempo that Aquinas brings, you can't play into that. If you're, if you're Crandon, you want to, um, stay in that contest. All right. And we'll go on to the other semifinal where it will be Melrose Mindoro, the second seed. We've seen them at state a number of times, including a runner up finish to Aquinas the last two years. They'll take on Michicot. Are we headed towards another Aquinas Melrose Mindoro showdown. Yeah, I think I think we are. Um, again, it's what Melrose Mindoro has done um, the last four years is, you know, if you if Aquinas isn't in Division Four, you know, they could have a couple gold balls. But there's a lot of ifs in sports, um, so we can't uh, talk about that too long. But you know that the the play of Mesa Byam, Emily Herzberg, Colette Lockington, you know those those three kids have been a key cog and, and them doing so well, um, you know, these four years, 102 and five record in those four years heading into the state tournament. 
And, you know, those are some three very tough players to be able to deal with um, if you're Michigan. But Michigan's got some some good talent as well. They have a couple uh, Division II kids, uh, Kylie Schmidt and and Desiree Clayman, that will look to, you know, hold those uh, those bigs down a little bit. But, you know, I think the experience and, uh, you know, just the teams that, that Melrose Mendoro has played throughout the, the season and in years past, I think, are going to help them. But, but Michigan has played a... Uh, a challenging schedule as well. Uh, they beat Stevens Point, who took Bayport to overtime in a sectional semi, and they also played uh, DSHA while they lost. But you know, getting those uh, um, big-time experience games are definitely going to help Michigan in that contest. So, if please recognize <laughs> if folks from uh, Michigan and Crandon, if we get another. Aquinas Melrose Mindoro state title game. What about this one could be different for Melrose? Obviously, you have the uh, the absence of Courtney Becker in the middle, but what what has to go differently for Melrose to get over that hump, over the hurdle, and kind of over that mental hurdle of Aquinas? You know, I think again, it's it's that speed game because uh, Aquinas doesn't really matter what team they're playing; they're going to play that speed game. But you know, when Melrose Mindoro does have an advantage with height on the inside, it's something that, again, you know, control the tempo, um, not get into Aquinas's game because I think sometimes, you know, in years past that we've seen them at the state tournament, um, they've kind of fell into that Aquinas play super fast and. Uh, it's really challenging to do that against a team like Aquinas just because when you have Lexi Donarski out front and Taylor Tush in a, in a corner um, and, you know, younger um, Donarski Macy out there, you know, there's just so many weapons on the outside and then that opens up drive lanes. Um, but, you know, it, it's got to be one of those slower tempo games, I think, for Melrose Vendoro because it just, I just don't think they shoot it well enough compared to what Aquinas does to to try to, um, score with Aquinas throughout that contest. All right, and you had Aquinas over Melrose once, once again in your picks. Uh, and with that, we'll move on to Division 5, last but not least. And we'll start with the matchup between the top-seeded and two-time defending state champion Blackhawk Warriors. Uh, or no, sorry, just a one-time defending champion, right? Correct. Uh, Bang- Bangor won it two years ago, that's right, over Blackhawk. Um, is the defending champions take on a Newman Catholic squad that we have seen at state many, many times. And this is the third different coach to have them at state in what, five or six years, something like that. You had Tom Weinkoff, uh, Jason Vandenelsen, and uh, uh, now Paul Haig taking them there. Uh, so what are we looking for? And that was a little bit of a contrast in styles, right? Newman Catholic, a little bit slower tempo, lo- lower scoring, Blackhawk averaging over 75 points a game. Yeah, definitely uh, contrast in tempos for sure. And, you know, uh, Blackhawk, just that that high-flying offense. Um, Hannah Butler, uh, Natalie Leisinger, and uh, Bailey Butler, you know, those three are some very, very good high school players, and they're going to do well at the next level as well. And, uh, you know, it, for, for Newman Catholic, you know, I think, again, it's you can't, for one, you can't turn it over against Blackhawk because they're going to bring it in the full court and you just can't give up easy points um, and turn it over there. So that's that's the first part. And then you know it's eliminate those easy baskets for Blackhawk. I guess those kind of come hand in hand. But you know the last time Blackhawk lost was a game they didn't shoot it very well from the outside at all. You know it was like a three for thirty-one 
um, against Bangor in that title game a couple years back. And, you know, it, it's again, it's that, that temple thing. You can't get, get lost in, in what Blackhawk wants to do against you. And you also have to control that ball because, you know, it's, it's going to be very challenging to beat Blackhawk Blackhawk if you're turning it over. All right. And the final game, the final semifinal game that we will uh, talk about here is the uh, two versus three matchup where in many years, either of these teams could have been a top seed, but you have undefeated Clear Lake, who's the two seed, finally got by Clayton after uh, a number of years. And uh, then the Bangor Cardinals are back. They were the state champions a couple of years ago. Uh, not the same team they had back then, obviously, but uh, back here at state again. So what are we looking for? Clear Lake and Bangor. Well, with Clear Lake, it's keep that winning rolling because, you know, these, these players that are on the Clear Lake team, they, they went undefeated in the volleyball season, um, cap, captured that D4 state title, and now they're undefeated heading into the state tournament for basketball. Um, you know, a good, good mix of size and guard play, um, you know, and they beat some good teams as well. They handed uh, St. Croix Falls their first loss of the season late in the year. They also defeated Colfax, a very good uh, team as well. Um, but Bangor, you know, even though, um, you know, some of those postseason games were a little bit maybe closer than you would like, but, you know, wins are wins. Um, they've only had one loss this season, too, and that was to Melrose Mindoro. So I think, you know, they've also are tested, you know, take away that one loss. Um, but, you know, I think that one's going to be a uh, a great finish just because they, they appear to be matched up very evenly. And, you know, they, you, I could say they play a, a similar type style. They, you know, average about the same points per game. Um, and Bangor gives up a few more points, but uh, really evenly matched. So it's kind of going to be interesting to see who gets maybe that early, that early um, advantage in that contest and see if they can continue it through the game, because this could be one of the more intriguing uh, state semifinal games. How many of those players from Bangor were contributors, you know, more than just uh, mop up duty on that team from two years ago? Oh, not many. Um, Haley Jones, I believe got in the game a little bit, but you know, majority of that team, was uh, seniors on that team that beat Bangor. So not many key players from the team. That's always something that is interesting to watch uh, at the state tournament in any sport, but including girls basketball teams that are there, players that are there for the first time. It's a very different experience, obviously, playing on the big court, playing on TV, having the introductions, having the, the crowds, the big arena, the different shooting background. We've seen some very good teams at times not handle that very well and uh, come out a little shell shocked and it's difficult to recover. We, we've seen some teams shoot very, very poorly. Uh, you mentioned Bang, uh, Blackhawk a couple years ago. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see if that impacts any of these games or if it's a benefit to some of these teams that have been here before, know what to expect. But it's shaping up to be a great three days of basketball. We've got some great teams, some great players, great matchups. Um, a lot of defending champions, a lot of star power on display. So we're uh, we're looking forward to it. Um, you know what uh, what what can we expect? Uh, obviously, you know a lot of uh, a lot of live updates via social media, etc. But what can folks look for over the next three days from Unorb? Well, those game recaps. Um, they'll be 
the the Miss Basketball will be announced on uh, at the state tournament as well. I believe that will be on Saturday. Um, you know, just uh, just a lot of things here and there. Um, so make sure to to stay glued to Wisports.net. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Norbert Durst. Um, definitely shaping up as you mentioned uh, to be a very good state tournament. And you know, we'll see if a lot of these teams can repeat. Or, you know, who uh, knocks off those big dogs. All right. And we're uh, going to be breaking out some unofficial things that we've done in the past. Um, but uh, we'll make them a little more official now. We'll, we'll do a recap article. Norb will have a recap article uh, of all the action and, and lots of game stories, etc. But we're going to do a little bit of uh, best band, best mascot, best pregame handshake, best, uh, best dress coach. Too bad... Uh, uh, Coach Van and Elzen from uh, Newman isn't there this year. He probably would have got it. He probably would have got best hair too. At least your vote, right? <laughs> of um, course. So, uh, so look for some, you know, a little bit more lighthearted takes on things as well. Uh, in addition to all of the uh, the great information, uh, so that'll do it for us. It, it, we're looking forward to it. If you see us at the state tournament, make sure you stop and say hi. Um, you know, we'll we'll try to uh, use proper hygiene techniques and, and maybe we'll forego <laughs> handshakes and uh, high fives in, in lieu of a fist bump or something like that. But uh, make sure you say hi if you see us out and about uh, or at the games themselves. And uh, maybe we'll have some goodies to give away as well. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, Norb, thanks for joining us again. It's been a great year. Uh, we'll, we'll probably chat sometime in the next couple of weeks just to kind of put a bow on everything and, and look forward to some other stuff in the off season. But uh, it's going to be a fun ride. It has been a fun ride, and, uh, and we're looking forward to it. So uh, he's Norbert Durst. I'm Travis Wilson. This has been a Wisports.net podcast. We'll see you at a game. <laughs>